And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created in We are exploited. We are downtrodden. We are denied not only civil rights, but even human rights. So the only way we're going to get some of this oppression and exploitation away from us or aside from us is come together against the common enemy. I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to ride. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. Get together. Have a few laughs. And welcome to the show. This is Iowa Talk Guys podcast. With your hosts, Theo and TP. Well, I'm TP. Theo is sitting across from me. Howdy. Uh, E-Rock normally would be here, but, you know, he's uh, he's got to take care of business, you know? Yeah, you know it. <clears throat> so, he's going to be missed. But, anyway, so, coming in here with this uh, startling news. I just recently found out about this. Theo just enlightened me of this clip. When did, uh, when did he have this conference? So, that Ron DeSantis... Good old governor, Florida. Florida, yeah, making a hell of a name for himself right now. Yeah, he's making waves, um, good or bad. Personally, I like when people shake things up, you know. Yeah. In, in D.C. I mean, um, he, uh, well, he's not in D.C., right? Well, I mean, I mean he's a part of yeah, D.C. He's a part he's of a the governor. Sure. So he's, you know, that's why. Part I like of the system? Ron Paul, Rand Paul. Ron Paul was awesome. I really miss Ron Paul. Yeah, that's actually kind of how I snapped out of it. Right, and so we'll I'll, we'll get to that in another episode. Our whole, yeah. our, our all when when E Rock's not busy servicing his woman, <laughs> we uh, <laughs> or you know whatever he's doing, we Pimp, uh, we'll Pimp's, have a pimp's got a pimp, man. You know, and hey, you know what? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> so, anyways, all right, why don't we uh, why don't we take us a little sip of whiskey? Yeep. We tell you the name, but they won't. We don't want to give out any secrets, but it's really enjoyable. I mean, if you like whiskey, follow us on uh, Twitter on uh, Iowa Talk Guys at Iowa Talk Guys at Iowa Talk Guys. <clears throat> we'll get it set up, looking nice and everything. Speaking there. of Twitter, we're gonna play, we're gonna play a minute minute ish clip right now of Governor DeSantis of DeSantis. Florida, and then uh, yeah, just talk. But they are actually going to create. As if they don't have enough issues to deal with, they now have an idea, and I honestly thought this was just a belated April Fool's joke, but they are actually going to create in the Department of Homeland Security a Bureau of Disinformation. It's basically a ministry of truth. And what they want to do is they want to be able to put out false narratives without people being able to speak out and fight back. They want to be able to say things like Russia collusion and, and perpetuate hoaxes and then have people like us be silenced. They want to be able to advocate for COVID lockdowns. They want to be able to advocate for school closures, things that are not supported by the evidence, but then when you speak out, uh, they want to stifle dissent. And so we reject this bureau in the state of Florida. <laughs> Right. That's a pretty bizarre name. Disinformation. Anytime the federal government says disinformation, and then from the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, yeah. This is the same Department of Homeland Security that deemed, back in 2013, deemed returning veterans as the highest threat to national security under the Obama administration. Remember back when Rand Paul had that 13-hour filibuster? Yeah. Yeah, and the mainstream media was like, I can't believe he didn't go to the bathroom for 13 hours. The bladder on this man. Yeah, and then that was about it. They're, they didn't bother to explain to people what he was filibustering about. Yeah. You know, what he was standing up there running his mouth for 13 hours for. Why they should get rid of the filibuster. Mm. But anyway, yeah, I uh, just anytime you hear, it's like 
logic it's like occam's razor at this point you know what i mean like the the logical assumption that anything that is said or stated in particular by the federal government or (laughs) department of homeland security like the disinformation our stated intention is to combat disinformation Mm. i mean go the opposite fucking way okay so go the opposite direction and you're probably going to be closer to the truth and and real quick side note into this uh what what governor DeSantis was referring to when he said ministry of truth for those who don't know was referring to george orwell's dystopian future novel of fiction yeah called 1984 which is a future that's uh written in 1953 or something like that yeah and it's uh <laughs> it's scarily don't similar to a lot of the stuff yeah um actually I'm gonna look here. yeah it's just the you know uh, 1949, so, written by George Orwell and published in 1949, a few years after oh yeah. World War II ended. So that was the, good on the plus or minus five. Yeah, you were close. Hey, man, Common Core, dude, you're there. Okay, so the Ministry of Truth, <laughs> according to George Orwell's uh, novel, is a branch of the government that pertains to making informational and educational media. And what they do in that novel is they form media and educational stuff material to sway the public's opinion or just the only knowledge that they have about anything, obviously to make the government, the ruling class, look good and anybody else that opposes them are the bad guys, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. The ruling class is probably the best way to put it. You know, this bureaucracy, this permanent state. And it's really interesting that they they just got done. I mean, this is right on the heels, too, of them talking about that they willing are they knowingly released misinformation via the mainstream media, the U.S. mainstream media, in order to throw off Russian intelligence. Yeah, we need to get a source on that because I think I saw something recently as well on that, how they admitted essentially, essentially, don't quote me to uh you know putting out disinformation in lying to i i don't know sway people or particular direction what on ukraine yeah right yeah yeah something that we haven't completely heard the truth on from uh our traditional media and government as well that's i mean and even even russia is cracking down on the the false information yeah i mean it's something that spread in their country so this is you know really and we should i should probably look into that some more because that's probably going to be the future of our country here soon if if things don't i mean if we don't have more people like elon musk i guess buying i mean i'm not a big huge fan of elon musk but him taking over twitter purchasing twitter and allowing that to actually have free speech come in to play is well, he hasn't taken the company over yet. We don't know what's going to happen. Not we don't. You're right. <laughs> I mean, but honestly, nobody. The things really that are that. already happening are pretty awesome. I like it, dude. But here's a. I have an article here. It's CFR.org. For those who don't don't know, CFR is the Council on Foreign Relations. Straight from the Council on Foreign Relations, huh? which is. Um, I'm just going to tell you this right now. If you trust them, you're wrong. I haven't heard that name in a while. The CFR, yeah, well, they do a lot of fun stuff in the background. Richard N. Haas, isn't that the president? Is he still the president? Of the CFR? Yeah. I'm not sure. I'd have to look into that. Anyway, Actually, we should, do, we, should probably, we should do a special on the CFR. Just, yeah, something you know, we can think about. Huh? Stuff they do. I mean, there's a lot. We could do, like, there'll be, like, 18 parts. But Stay tuned. Yeah. It's coming in the future, folks. Okay. But yeah, uh, just right here, yeah, like I said, why the U.S. ramped up its information war with Russia, February 10, 2022. Fearing an invasion of Ukraine, the U.S. government is vigorously trying to head off alleged, alleged Russian plots and misinformation campaigns. The efforts have opened a new front for competition between the two powers. And then it goes on in, in here to talk about... Who published this? The Battle for Hearts and Minds, Max Boot. CFR, oh okay cfr expert he says okay yeah you know you heard there we go so max boot yeah i've heard of him max boot just want to want to give credit to where we're getting information obviously so 
Uh, now, it says uh, the article here, now as Christ, the, the crisis over Ukraine escalates, the Joe Biden administration seems to have developed an effective technique for waging information war. <laughs> information war. <laughs> right. On whom? Uh, yeah, right. Who's the <laughs> enemy? Duh. Obviously, <laughs> the enemy's watching <laughs> mainstream media here in the U.S., so yeah, we got yeah. to throw their trail off, okay? So... It says, rather than allowing President Vladimir Putin's government to freely, freely disseminate ludicrous conspiracy theories about anti-Russia plots involving the West and Ukraine, the administration has chosen to fight back by releasing intelligent reports about Russia's attempt to create a justification for an invasion of Ukraine. Intelligent or intelligence? Intelligence, <laughs> intelligence <laughs> reports. We're trying a different whiskey now. Cheers. That's it's Kentucky, Kentucky, Kentucky bourbon. Kentucky bourbon. It's related to the turducken. Wow, that's very nice. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> so, isn't it so interesting how right at the it's sort of like at the tail end of COVID, which I don't know. I guess it's not over yet, right? Well. But uh, it's like everybody's kind of snapping out of it. Like at least where we're at, right? Yes. It's stated Here in the name of the show. In Iowa. Stated in the name of the show. Which I love the state. Uh, like you're seeing masks come off. Everybody's kind of like, it's all a formality, right? Like I go into my lawyer's office and you have to have a mask to go in and sit in the lobby and then you go into their office or their or their room where they allow the only room in the joint where they allow people like me (laughs) and and uh and uh you know oh yeah you can take your mask off you know you don't have to have that and then and then all of a sudden right and and all of these and all of these republicans and conservatives right they're all like oh yeah the like zero faith in government yada 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 we see it now with covid boom change the narrative russia invaded ukraine well there's not a war that these people dude have seen that they don't and boom they're right on the u.s government right has been so stupid uh, over covid we got they now we got to do something we gotta, we gotta stand with Ukraine. We gotta send weapons. We gotta because it's worked out so fucking well over the past eighty fucking <laughs> yeah. years. Oh, I know exactly. <laughs> Look at the U.S. government's track record of arming rebels in other countries. Osama bin Laden. <laughs> yeah. The Mujahideen. Right. Freedom fighters. Right. <clears throat> so Joe Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski, right on uh, the the on Scarborough Country on MSNBC. Okay. Her father, there's, I want to say, that I don't know if they're on YouTube to this day, but there's videos of her father, Zbigniew Brzezinski, total Russia hater, by the way. One of these just, I'm not a Russia lover by any stretch of the imagination, you know what I mean? But like, right. just one of these unreasonable Russia phobes, Zbigniew Brzezinski, just from, Poland, only, from Poland. The only good commie's a dead commie. Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of true. But... <laughs> <laughs> well... I mean, I don't like CIA assassins, but Shay f***ing got what he deserved. <laughs> Damn. So anyway. Anyway. Yeah, it's just like all of a sudden it's switched. Yeah. It's switched. All, we can trust the government now. We got it. 33 Weird. billion. The White House. Uh, don't take my word for this information. I don't have a source in front of me. But didn't you hear something like this month? Thirty-three billion dollars. Yes, I saw that. To, I did to arm Ukraine. Yes. F-ing ridiculous. And that was after. That was literally right on the heels of Russia saying, "If you help them, we're gonna. It's gonna be nuclear. We're gonna retaliate." I totally so, missed that thought. Spigna Brzezinski. There's a video of him on YouTube talking to the Mujahideen. Like telling them that God is on their side to yeah. fight the Soviets and shit in Afghanistan. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I remember that clip. U.S. National Security Advisor Brzezinski flew to Pakistan to set about rallying resistance. He wanted to arm the Mujahideen without revealing America's role. On the Afghan border near the Khyber Pass, he urged the soldiers of God to redouble their efforts. We know of their deep belief in God, and we are confident that their struggle will succeed. 
know, that land over there is yours. You'll go back to it one day because your fight will prevail and you'll have your homes and your mosques back again because your cause is right and God is on your side. Over them mountains. <laughs> <laughs> and you will win because God is on your side. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You're going to send that bear packing right up over them mountains. Well, they did yeah after we gave them stinger missiles that would really turn the tide this the rockets i uh so i totally derailed you finishing my thought there you're fine so getting back to what i was saying we were talking about the misinformation and russia the ukraine well yeah just how you, the republicans were so easily oh, baited well okay you know, conservatives so and the, everybody's the got the democrats same thing okay so this is this is the thing that blows my mind with this stuff dude is for the past four years, then the Democrats were like, uh, "F the government, uh, I hate Trump. I'm triggered. I want to kill them." And then they're like, "Oh, well, okay. Joe's in the spot now. Yay! Yeah, yeah. We're all happy, even though it's the same government doing the same crap, but just because it's our boy in there. Even though I don't re." I what didn't exactly snap out of it until a later date. They remind me, but regardless, you know, looking back, they remind me of a bunch of George W. Bush voting Republicans <laughs> in about like 2002. Yeah, we need to get after. We need to get Stom. I mean, like one of the one of the most respectable people anybody had ever seen in their life up until that point, going in front of the UN Security Council, I believe it was the Security Council, stating that they. That Saddam Hussein had yellow cake uranium. Oh yeah, <laughs> yellow cake. Like like a dude that like he's got yellow cake. Like any boy in America that can knew who that dude was, Colin Powell. Yeah. Like wow, this is one of the most can like respectable people. He was. And uh, then and then he just like threw it all away for yellow cake. <laughs> yellow cake. Uh, that Dave Chappelle. That Dave Chappelle skit, dude, where <laughs> most deaf has got the yellow cake. That's a special CIA napkin. <laughs> dude, I, I don't remember that one. That, okay. but, I could, but if most deaf is on... They were making fun of because remember Colin Powell had that vial of yellow cake. This is a special CIA vial. And he's like shaking it around in front of Congress. Like It's like you're in a, you're in a government building. If that actually was yellow cake, this yeah. deadly I think bio suits, weapon. Suits okay. and shit. <laughs> and imagine if Colin Powell would have dropped that. Oh my, I mean, that might have been a blast blessing in disguise yeah, looking no back <laughs> looking back at it but it's like really dude so this is uh it's so dangerous and yet you're just waving around this vial here it's a special cia vial this ain't gonna break and kill us don't worry about it colin powell so they can remember buy sort of remember technology when, they want remember when colin powell died you remember that text message i sent you no, I'm I'm not remembering. <laughs> if I remember correctly, I believe I asked you, "Hey, do you think Colin Powell's getting served yellow <laughs> yeah. cake in hell?" <laughs> I remember now. <laughs> I sure hope he is, and I hope That's Madeline horrible. Albright. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, when she died, I said this. <laughs> She's worse. <laughs> yeah, hey, She's way worse. Hey, you, is the price still worth it, Madeline? We believe the price is still worth. We it. believe the price is still worth. What it. a heartless. Bitch. Oh, I know, dude. It, it was almost without blinking an eye. She did blink a little bit because she was probably like, duh. <laughs> blinking and st of course the price is worth it. Yeah, we did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we bombed their hospitals, their water treatment facilities, and uh, a bunch of other infrastructure, power infrastructure, and the price was definitely worth it. They said half a million children died. Oh, well, they were going to grow up to be ISIS anyway, right? <laughs> That's how the U.S. State Department probably saw it. Not if Saddam Hussein had remained in power. Probably not. Probably not. I no. think because he had that well, shit yeah. in check. Dude, that's the other. Okay, so like Generation Kill is one of my most favorite miniseries of all times. The book is great. The miniseries is fantastic. I am completely ignorant of and, any of it. Uh, I highly recommend checking it out. But in there, those Marines, and they even talk about it in the book, they notice like they roll into these towns and all these women are, are got pickaxes and shovels. They're doing all this work. They're breaking the back and all the dudes are hanging out, smoking cigarettes, telling jokes and just trying to BS with the the U.S. Marines and all this crap. And, and you know, and they notice that they're like, dude, look around. Like, what kind of culture is this? Like, this is crazy. All the women are breaking their backs and these guys are just smoking and joking. And they slowly start to learn the reason why Saddam and I'm not saying it's right. The reason Saddam kept such a tight leash 
I would say, on these people, why he had, you know, iron fist, ruled over him with iron fist, mm-hmm. is because they the, the U.S. Marines and the U.S. intelligence community started noticing right away, like, when these people aren't being basically herded like cats, they don't. They don't take initiative to do what, what they should be doing. They have so many different tribal factions oh. that go back to thousands and thousands of years. Like, you know, hey, man, you, your grand, great, great, great granddaddy scuffed my great, great granddaddy sneaker. Now uh, I'm going to kill you for it. Uh, right? You might even be beyond great, 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 great. Right, yeah. They're, they're, these people are disputing family disputes. They probably don't even know what the freaking heck it's about, right? Yeah. So that's what immediately what happened once there was no more Iraqi government is like uh, oh yeah revenge killings it's like blood blood it, culture it was, it was a freaking mass murder every night and a bunch of these citizens were wanting the U.S. to stop and help it but they were all told you know stand down I just let them figure it out they they know it's their country let them deal it. so it just turned into. Remember when we said the reason we had to go in there is because there's tr- terrorist training camps and <laughs> WMDs. Kind of well, cleared out a place for it, didn't it? You know, well, turned into a terrorist training <laughs> camp after we toppled the government. And the WMDs that were there that we found, which the Rolling Stones ran this this article, and it was a really good one. The only chemical weapons that we found was the mustard gas that we sold Saddam back in the 80s. Yeah? That he used to gas the Kurds, yeah. We want to know how we know it was the U.S. mustard gas? How? The lot numbers were still on the barrels. You being serious I'm being serious, dude. There was was, uh, Marine EOD, uh, or EOD Marines, Explosive Ordnance Disposal Marines that that came across the stuff in this bunker. There was a few of them that ended up getting really sick from it because they got exposed to the mustard gas and they got mustard gas poisoning. It's a prime American mustard gas? Yeah. So, <laughs> clearly, they didn't really want that getting out. Hey, we found WMDs, but we sold them to them. That's how they knew <laughs> from the very beginning. Yeah, that's how Judge George Dub. I know my daddy <laughs> sold that to them. I know it's there. Bill Hicks had a joke. Bill Hicks, I recommend yeah. everybody who's listening that didn't has never seen Bill Hicks. Go check out Bill Hicks. Yeah, go check out Bill Hicks. He's fucking hilarious, whether it's JFK or whatnot. But I remember he did a joke, something to the effect of that. It was like, you know, how did, in 91, you know, how did we know that he used the gas or whatever against the Kurds? Well, because the check cleared. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> how do we know he has the weapons? <laughs> the check cleared. Yeah, because we sold them. <laughs> and that's, unfortunately, it's yeah, it's a joke. And what happened of it? Nothing. Okay. Nah, and it, it's really sad. It, and it, the joke's on us, ultimately. You know, and, and and then the fact that we were, they were able to propagate. So, like, uh, w- another, and this is probably going to be a series of episodes that I really like to do and get into is the Afghanistan Papers, that book. Yeah, I remember you telling me about it. I still haven't read it. <sighs> I haven't finished reading it because I got to the part where I was in Afghanistan at that time. And they t- oh. <laughs> it was talking about all this stuff, and I was like, ah, I need to go outside and have a cigarette. <laughs> now, let's Dude. see how good my memory is. So it really sang in. Sang in value. That's sir. where you were. Okay. Yep. Yep. That's where we were at. Somebody edit out, sir. What? You called me sir. Shut up. Ma'am. Yes, ma'am. How's that? So, yeah, I was in Sangin Valley. So I got to the part in there where they're talking about that. I mean, and at at this point, so I went in 2011. And at that point, which was halfway through, it wasn't until 11 years later that we had pulled out. They already knew that it was a a waste of time and resources and blood and sweat. You mean by 10 years, they already knew? Uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. And And that's, like I said, coincidentally... That book, the Afghanistan Papers, which you could only find really on the internet up until when did we? When was the last day that we were in Afghanistan? I don't know. I just remember what, uh, it, uh, like, to p- the cherry on the cake was thirteen f-ing dead Marines, and they knew um, about it. Like, it just casually came out afterwards, right? Yeah, casually. Hey, there was intelligence oh. that these f-ing young men and women, right? Because there was a young a young lady that passed away, a young yep. la- female Marine, excuse me, and, <laughs> and we knew. Uh, and then and we iced, and then we iced a family yeah, <laughs> with yeah. a predator we, drone. We, yeah, we have uh, we have intel that this is the people that were behind. It. Oh wait, it was a family of twelve. Oh, weird. And yeah, you know Oops. that's. Well, it didn't happen on Interstate eighty in Pennsylvania, so. 
The <laughs> Afghanistan Papers by Craig Whitlock. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Recommend. Huh? Very recommended. The Afghanistan Papers were released August 23rd, 2021. We were out of Afghanistan August 22nd, 2021. What a coincidence that this book comes out that really exposes the exact fraud that was the Afghanistan war, right? Operation Enduring Freedom, okay? With one five five six round at a time, okay? Spreading democracy. We're going to give it to you whether you want it or not. So... We're going to go over that because it's really crazy. It's bizarre, dude. Like, just the whole story of how it worked out going into Afghanistan, the whole premise of the mindset of the enemy of my enemy is my friend really screwed us over. And what you would have thought, because we have prime examples of the Vietnam War, of the same thing happening. Korea, Vietnam, <laughs> Laos, Cambodia, Grenada. Right. So that's another thing I want to go over to. Iran. Another show. Yeah, Iran. So Laos, Cambodia was being operated in by C- uh, CIA agents well before U.S. troops officially hit Vietnam, right? Due to the, excuse me, Gulf of Tonkin incident. Incident. By incident, they mean fabrication. <laughs> Get out your thesaurus. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Please. It's digital now. You can just. Duck, duck, go it. Right don't next, use. Don't right next to incident, you'll see fabrication. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has to be the U.S. government thesaurus, though. <laughs> that's what they issue yeah. you when you start for the rules for radicals. Yeah, that's what they get you. Get issued when you start for a department that has initials. <clears throat> rules for radicals. I just feel sorry for people that live in or around Washington D.C. and work there. No uh, offense to your friend. I got a couple live up there, but work around there. Yeah, how about you? Well, yeah, that'd be cool, huh? <sighs> no. I mean, I don't really think they enjoy living around that area, but they get paid well. They get they make good money. Good old Uncle Sam. Good old Uncle Sam. Just like some other people we know that Monsanto pays very well. <laughs> <laughs> the evil empire. Oh, yeah, yeah dude. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, other companies, too, and that you hear about around here. Man. Places that people we know work at and mm-hmm. all of the stuff going on around there. Dude, the shysty deals, like, it's crazy. I don't even want to talk about, like, like uh, that's a whole other. We, Where the fuck were we? Government. We were at Gulf of Tonkin. We were at Gulf of Tonkin. We were at Gulf of Tonkin. Right. So, oh, yeah, I was getting into CIA operating in the Cambodia and Laos. Well, we know the CIA has been involved in Ukraine for since 2012 are you talking about like the russian invasion in particular I or before know. that well here here's i'm sure that the cia know. has been involved he, there he, in he, one way shape or form since uh, a lot earlier than 2012 probably most likely yes you know uh energy dude you know energy is power power is power right right electricity yeah. dude you get the lights on dude so like that's a whole other episode we can go over to the sanctions and in freaking russia really aren't doing what we are being told they're doing, right? Yeah. I mean, they're they're it's actually favoring Russia. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's getting, it's making them more powerful. It's like just w- whipping your own dick out and cutting so another, it right on off. Right or, off. Just <laughs> okay. Here, Russia, I'm gonna cut my own dick off. Teach you, boys. Yeah. Man. Here's these sanctions on you, even though everybody we's trying to round up is dependent on your shit right, right, right. well and there's the other interesting thing you know not to get all biblical religious or nothing but all i can think of and, the, and, and so it talks in the end of da- days gog and magog were, were these nations from the north if i remember correctly and uh i'm thinking that might be russia and china this massive superpower that comes together two of them oh yeah that's fucking the end result. What do, what do and they do? And we know. What do they do? Yeah. Oh, just help bring about the apocalypse. No big oh. deal. <laughs> just little minor things. You know what? Every single fucking time the United States skates off free from the idea of bringing on the apocalypse. And you just did it again. You said By it. By putting it on Russia. Yeah. And China. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. The U.S. is going to have it. It's the Babylonian whore. I think, I really think the U.S. right now can really be compared to Babylon because we have our tentacles and so, or not the U.S. itself, the U.S. government has its tentacles and so much crap, dude. 
leaving their slime trail all over the place, dude. Okinawa. Oh, that's just that's. You hear somebody? You hear that sound? That's probably a <laughs> CIA agent walking into your house. What's that slimy sound? Oh, it's a government agent. Uh, I used to work for the government, so I can say that some of the best people I've ever met in my life worked for the government. Yeah, and but they've got their damn hands everywhere, don't they? Though they really do. The dude. state. The State Department. The state. The deep state. It's not even the State Department. I mean, like, so... The perpetual state. Right. So, I mean, we really started this off, you know, try to get back around to what we were saying with, you know, DeSantis. DeSanta. (laughs) Circling back to DeSantis. Full circle, okay? So, what he was saying about, you know, starting this, this new branch, this disinformation, that is really actually very startling because, you know, free speech really is important. I mean, even if it's speech we don't agree with, like, I don't agree with a bunch of racist rhetoric and all that other crap, you know, but you know what? Just like in the Blues Brothers, when those Nazis were having that, uh, that parade out in the park, right? The Blues Brothers didn't agree with it. So what'd they do? Ran them over. Okay. I don't, that really didn't make sense to anything. No, I didn't. I didn't. I was waiting there. But um, your fi- that was your finishing it up? No, that wasn't my finishing up. But no, really, I mean, I hope people listening to this already understand the importance of free speech. But if you don't have the ability to say what you want to say and mount your and voice your opinion, not have to worry about getting dragged off to a jail and tortured until you change your opinion. I mean, it's really ironic that a lot of these people that want to change the laws and change free speech in our country are utilizing that right of free speech to uh, spout their their opinions and ideas, right? And, and with an, Oftentimes outright lying. Well. To do so, right? Misinformation. Yeah. yeah. To uh, oftentimes invoking the disinformation verb, if you will, to, to silence. Yeah. I mean, and, really, and and will outright lie. Really, they're, they're that, lying. That becomes it's it's super dangerous when this stuff starts happening, dude. Because I don't know if you ever heard uh, you heard of that that North Korean refugee or survivor, I guess whatever you want to call it, Yanomi Park. She did a not in particular. Oh well, she did a a podcast, Joe Rogan podcast, and she went over like because she grew up and she escaped from North Korea through the human trafficking and went through all that crap and ended up in America. And she's a very, very intelligent woman. Oh, and, I think uh, I might have seen something on this. She's got, it's a it's sad, super sad story. But she was told from since she was a baby as a kid in North Korea, the very biggest thing that you should fear and watch and make sure that you don't let get out of line is your tongue. Because you say the wrong thing in North Korea, you're gone. Your whole family's gone neighbors and their family's gone so when she was talking about her so her escaping once she started talking out against north korea and she actually has been doing like protest stuff and and she's uh speaks out against china because china's north korea is just china's little stepbrother that they play around in the mud with him sure and then you know let him do whatever so when that happened her whole family in north korea that was left there no longer existed yeah their bloodline literally they they go back generations yeah i'm sure she didn't like thinking about that um no it was when she was bringing it up i mean she even got pretty emotional which understandable like she knew what happened she knew and she knew it was all and not only that but her friend her neighbors and her friends they wiped out their bloodlines their entire bloodline anybody just even in the vicinity right anybody connected to her essentially bloodlines smite it off the face of the earth okay so having offices of disinformation stuff setting up like that that's a slippery slope that could lead to a spot where it may not happen in our lifetime slippery slope argument but if we don't do something about it now our children's children and their children it could happen to them to where they're living in a place. Well, I think that most people don't understand that, um, you know, government isn't some necessarily some benevolent organization just here to can help everybody out and make our lives easier and make it well, Ronald Reagan. I'm, I'm from the government. I'm here to help. Sure. I mean, yeah, not I'm not the biggest Ronald Reagan fan. Either, well, he right? said those but, are those are the words that every American should fear. Yeah. And it's really it's true. It's I true. mean, the federal government. I can't. I cannot think of a place 
you know, the federal government being centered in Washington, D.C., that is just so out of tune right. with average every f***ing day America. Uh, I have been to Washington, D.C. one time, okay? And I was absolutely f***ing throttled by all of the high-rises on the way in. Oh, yeah. Not with multiple different company logos on them, but just like Lockheed Martin in general. And... JP Morgan banks, uh, <laughs> I mean, like, insurance and, companies. Like five of those <laughs> on the way in, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, how do you think we got this awesome war machine? <laughs> <laughs> and it is an awesome war machine. You know, it's, it's unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, well, well, and, but, and here's the best part, though, really, like going back to like what you were saying with our, with our government, I mean, is it really necessary? Not at all. No. And uh, we're defense. We live in a country where really, yes, we would be able to have, we don't have to go anywhere. No. We literally have everything we need. Yeah. Uh, we Fuck can Canadians to the north right now. They're scary. Oh, uh, well, yeah. And you know what? I'm more we, scared of Canada than I am Mexico well, Trudeau, at this point. Not necessarily the citizens, but the tr- Trudeau. And some, I mean, that. yeah, that's a whole other thing, dude. I mean, that, yeah, Fidel Castro's son. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> he looks just like him, too. <laughs> he seriously does look I'm like, I, 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 I think that uh, theory is quite funny actually it's it's hilarious yeah uh, i don't care if it's true or not it's just fucking it's funny. just funny dude yeah he, he does he looks like him you can see some <laughs> <I> parallels <know>. there <laughs> that's, it makes me laugh i'm like dang these guys might be onto something man that's why you know i and uh i i, I just wanted to touch on you know what you were saying regarding you know the the empire if you will and foreign interventions and not having to go anywhere we really don't have to we could and we can no country's gonna try to invade us dude I that's why I'm under the impression like all like the past 80 years, you know, obviously post World War Two, which which World War Two and then even stuff before. I mean, there's oh, know, yeah. What did Napoleon say? Like history is the most commonly agreed upon fable or something like that. Right? Yeah, because the victor of every war is the one who writes the history. Yeah. Of and he knew a lot about war right and, and guess what and yeah so the, the victor of the war is always going to be the good guy so there's so there's a lot to talk about there too right and stuff that we don't know about and yada 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 but it seems like the past 80 years of f- u.s foreign policy has been sticking like the most well-equipped efficient war machine yeah in the most f- up situations that you can think of and just seeing how they do and it turns out they do really f- well i mean they're gr- you know, like grade it, shit up, like yeah. What do you? Oh no, we no. there's a doubt about Des- it. Destroy <laughs> destruction, right? There's no, a- yeah, there's no and, doubt about and it. And it's like, uh, it's like that the former lieutenant colonel of the Marine Corps, Stu Scheller. Oh yeah, yep. Said that all of the problems, all excuse me, not problems, failures. This is to paraphrase him. Were strategic. They were operational. They weren't well. They weren't the wrong. boots on the ground. They weren't the, you know, no. particularly enlisted folks. But, but you know, like, everything that, every ex- thing that they were ordered to do and execute was done well. So, oh, I mean, yeah. we're not, we're never on, the sh- on this show knocking any veterans, obviously, or anything like that. But No, yeah, we were, we but, were all tricked. But th- at the operational and strategic level, to quote, you know, former Lieutenant Colonel Stu Scheller... Normal asshole dudes from Iowa can point out how <laughs> stupid putting U.S. forces in Afghanistan is. Right, yeah. And how what an utter and absolute waste of time, money, blood, and sweat that was. I mean, like I said, dude. Well, and Afghans, Afghanistan's folks, too. You know, oh, their yeah. tribe, their tribes. Which there, I mean, they probably are bred, and it's in their DNA to deal with I mean, people trying to come into the damn place. Yeah, I mean, that that country's not called the grave of empires for no reason. Okay, <laughs> even Alexander the Great said, "Forget this piece of trash. We're going around it." And there's people <laughs> that just thrive. I mean, well, here's the other thing, dude. Like, like I said, going through the Afghanistan papers. So, like, the people that we were fighting in Sangin Valley, I'm not even sure if that was actually Taliban, dude. Looking back at it, the most likeliest of scenarios because the the one with the one city in particular or village or whatever you want to call it, Kale Gaz in particular, which was on the west side of uh, Helmand River in Sangin Valley, we were the only U.S. slash 
ISAF forces, NATO ISAF forces that ever stepped foot on there. Like, we were finding old Soviet fighting positions dug in, the, in mountains and shit, dude. It was crazy. That had to be eerie. It was wild. It was really surreal, dude. And you probably, you knew that somebody, like, probably died around there. Oh, yeah, dude. And I'm like, and it, just looking at some of the stuff these guys were, I mean, some of that rock, that rock and sand cut, like, like, I'm looking at some of these trenches that these Soviets dug. I was like, damn, some boys broke some backs digging this thing right here. Conscripts. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, holy God, God. I love conscripts. Yeah, yeah, they probably had political prisoners digging this shit for them. Oh, man, these Bulgarians rough. are great at it. It was know? rough. Well, I was an engineer, so I had to sweep all those with, you know, with, uh, well, not all of them, but a lot of them I had to sweep with a metal detector because they very easily could have been booby trapped, you know, so that was fun. When we showed up there, dude, the we ended up meeting with the um, village elder who actually turned out to be a former mooj. Who allegedly hated the Taliban and what is a Muj? Mujahideen. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. CIA's old buddies. Well, which had to have been a bunch of different people, though, right? Oh yeah, it I wasn't mean, one. He was an old timer, so yeah. I mean, he, you know, but he, uh, you, you know, they the locals thought we were Soviets because the only history that they know is what's told by their parents and and grandparents passed down to them. So when we showed up there, they thought we were all Soviets. I mean, I could only imagine because these people were living in mud huts still and all this stuff, you know, and we probably look like aliens to them, right? With all of our gear on, all this technology that we had, these, I mean, they knew what vehicles were and stuff too, but like we had tanks there. They had never seen tanks before. They had no idea what these things were. Well, they'd heard about the Soviets certainly, right? And uh, so, I mean, yeah, you're talking about people that folks aren't just passing through, but uh, it sounds like uh, the the Chinese are... uh, I don't know exactly the direction, the exact direction of the road, or if it's just going to be a network of roads or what it's going to be. But uh, the Chinese see, certainly seem uh, prompted to develop and make a road to Africa, become everybody's friends. Not just shit, the right? Chinese, the Japanese for a long time have been very interested in Afghanistan. So one one thing that Afghanistan is very rich in, as far as mineral-wise. Lithium. And? Which is, lithium's a metal, right? Yeah, for your batteries. Your Lithium and cobalt. Uh, silicon. Oh, natural, natural silicon. Yeah, for silica. Computer chips. So I, uh, one of my buddies, he was an engineer, and he lap moved to be a sniper. He did a few missions with some. Uh, what are those guys? That surveyors, geological surveyors. They flew up into these mountains and took core samples and all this stuff. <clears throat> and guess what? Now, ten years later. That spot, Japan is mining that area, has the rights to mine that area. What? Yeah. They're out there mining it. No way. Weird, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff going on, dude. Not to mention, what is Afghanistan's main cash crop? Or was? Probably won't be anymore. (laughs) They just lost their biggest customer. (laughs) Mullet. Millet. Huh? Millet. Millet. I just about said mullet. That's right. Opium. No, millet. Millet. Huh? Oh. Yeah, the old staple grain. That's what their their number one cash crop is. <laughs> no. <Millet. laughs> oh, oats? Yeah, it's oats, dude. Oh. Yeah. We've been having an oat pandemic. <laughs> an, o- an oat <laughs> epidemic. Oh, yeah, an epidemic. An oat epidemic. An oat epidemic. <laughs> oh, dude. Hashtag oat epidemic. Dude, we got to make a shirt now. <laughs> Hashtag oat epidemic. Because, because of all the oats coming because in. Because of all the oats. Flooded into the U.S. on yeah. CIA planes from from Afghanistan. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yep, that's it. Those oats. Damn it. If only Oliver North was moving the moving the oats. He could have had it way more secured. <laughs> yeah, so it's very ironic, right? That uh, Afghanistan went from, in 2001... They were exporting roughly like 32,000 metric tons of oats, okay, out of the country. We better check these numbers after this. Check them now. Don't believe a word I said. Look at our description. Just like the mainstream media, don't believe a word we say. Go look up your own. But entertainment for entertainment purposes only. Yeah, something around there like 32,000 metric tons. So according to the BBC, this article by the BBC... BBC. The BBC. <laughs> okay. Um, Taliban. And around 1998 was producing, said, roughly 41,000 
metric tons of opium. I'm sorry, oats. Okay. Of oats. For horses. For horses. <laughs> De- obviously. All right, so 1998, they were producing roughly around, or exporting roughly around 41,000 metric tons of uh, oats. By 2020, opium. By 2020, that number, poppy, was approximately exporting 224,000 metric tons. That's quite the job. Quite an increase, uh, particularly when. What is that? That's a under Car's eye. It's like a 200 percent increase. Over. No, that's like a 150 percent increase, right? That's nuts. That's insane, considering one of the first things that the U.S. government did when the Karzai took over as president, when they installed him as the new democratically elected president for 12 years or 20 years, whatever, how long that was. Opium, I'm sorry, oats became illegal. and uh, Poppy. Poppy was illegal, right, yeah. But when I was in there, when I was there in 2011, I mean, it was beautiful. And they're beautiful fields, dude. I mean, it was like the uh, cornfields out here in Iowa, except for imagine that with Poppy, dude. As far as the eye can see, just amazing. I'm like, yep, sure is illegal, you know? Yeah. And then we also You're know. You're also in some of the most re- remote places on in Earth. In the world, probably. yeah. Lit- right. Literally, like like Antarctica <laughs> type remote places. Well, like I said, no U.S. or ISF forces have been there, dude. So yeah, we were, we were out there. President Karzai, his brother was well known. The CIA had already known it for wow. years, and the DEA, DEA oh my that goodness. he was a drug dealer. Oh yeah. So we took this very Fuck. We, took, we took this class. It was a culture class for Afghanistan, right before we de- deployed there. In this class, <laughs> my bad. It was a Afghan national. He'd worked for the U.S. since 2001 as an interpreter. So pretty much since the beginning of the U.S. invasion on Afghanistan. And then he'd eventually gotten his citizenship and whatnot and stuff. And, like, good for him, man. I had a few conversations with the guy. Really good guy. He loves America because he was talking about he had, like, me and my big mouth, you know. Hence why I'm on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so he uh, he's up there and he's like, Whoa, you know, I've been in the U.S. for four years and blah, blah, blah. And I just blurt out, I bet you love it here. And he's like, what's that? Looks around the room. Who said that? I pipe up my hand. I said, I bet you love it here. And he goes, yes, I do. I absolutely love this country. He's like, this is, he goes, America. He's like, the opportunities presented to me for here with for my me and my family. And, you know, and he was very grateful to have worked through, and you gotta understand these Afga- these, especially now that we like look what happened. To all these interpreters and these families that helped the U.S. Right, done skis. If they didn't get out of there, let's just be adults here. They're done. Yeah, let's just be adults here too and say, good peoples of the world. If you don't already know, don't trust the U.S. government, please. You have to know that they won't keep their word, and if they do, you won't like that either. Think about that. I'm sure that most people already know, though. I mean, just nothing's nothing has went. I mean, look at look at how much the United States has been involved with largest weapons dealer in the world for how long? Uh, involved in how many different countries? How many special forces <coughs> operations do you think are going on in Africa right now? All right. Uh, why are we even? I mean, the Obama administration went into Mali for what? Oh, Ebola? Ooh, we're gonna help. Yeah. What have we been doing over there? I I don't know. I mean, I know that the French were over there fighting. I know that. But I, yeah, just, they had the French Foreign Legion in there for years. Well, yeah. I mean, and aren't there always like uh, there's always seals and green berets they're fighting terrorism right because all these terrorist sects in somalia a lot of ethiopia uh, right like which we okay one again why were we in somalia (laughs) back in black hawk down early 90s yeah we'll go over all these we'll have specials on our podcast we'll go over all these shows and stuff to help educate you guys needless to say needless to say we have a pretty uh swiss non-interventionist 
yeah attitude here yeah you know and, how uh, much how much more prosperous would our country be if if uh you know if if the government didn't uh, create so much false welfare and warfare by breaking the window and stealing the bread from the bank well no 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 stealing that's oh, not the just point breaking. the point is just breaking the window like the shopkeeper had to uh yes so by the kid breaking the window he is stimulating the glass and window industry because that's what modern economists would kind of argue but but they don't think about so the, the shopkeeper uh, having to dip into savings and other investments that he could have made to make his life easier right and we see examples of that in real time during the uh the george floyd uh riots protests whatever you want to call them right because they a lot of so when autozone had their windows and buildings burned down their windows shattered and building burned down they just rebuilt this the same shop right yeah, all, and put in the same inventory, but the mom and pop shops that yeah, had their they places have a, a little more capital destroyed. behind yeah, them, right? right? Yeah, they suffered and lost their businesses. Yeah, not all of them, but that's the yeah. thing about regulation is that it it doesn't hurt big business. Big business can afford it. All right, the, all the regulation and stuff hurts small business. Absolutely, yeah. and so big business is all for it. And in fact, they probably write it most of the time. But. Right. But but anyway, you know, yeah, we would be a lot better off if we had a Swiss approach to foreign policy, in my opinion. Just yeah, stay over here on this continent, minding our own business. I would really prefer that as well. You know, what's what's really best for our country and our country alone? Let's stop outsourcing jobs, stop outsourcing industries. Let's, you know, make it everything in-house and, uh, you know, feed and give jobs to the people here in-house that everybody can just, you know, Live like it was 1950, where you could go to work for eight hours, ten hours a day, come home, feed your family, have the weekend with your family, and you yeah. know, live a decent life. I you know, know you want to. I know you want to say it. What? Keep that woman at home. I know you want to say it. <laughs> oh, I was not going there. No, no, you not were not at all, dude. You no. were. No, no, I want people. <laughs> hey, if the woman wants to stay home, because there are women out there still like that. Hey, you know what? There's I'm guys just out there. Around. There's guys out there that want to do that. If that's what you want to do, by all means, I wish you guys had the availability, availability to be able to do that. But right now we don't, and things might be getting rougher. But anyways, so we should probably wrap this episode up. We really appreciate you guys uh, listening. Stay away from the yellow cake. You're listening to my friend TP across from me. And Theo, we are out. This is Iowa Talk, guys. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Check you later. Peace.